0: Welcome to Fintech Fridays, Oh yeah. a weekly podcast brought to you by the National Crowdfunding and Fintech Association of Canada and Partners, covering all things fintech, blockchain, P2P, AI, and alternative finance. Hey everybody, Macy Connery, and thank you for tuning in to another fantastical episode of the Fintech Friday podcast. Uh, fantastical is now um, an Oxford dictionary term. Um, I know I've joked about this before, but yeah, I did it. I, I made a request to make Fantastical a word. Uh, is my dad happy about it? Absolutely not. Fantastical is not a word at all. And it's something that I made up in these past 50 episodes. Anyways, moving on. Uh, this week's episode, is, we're doing something a little different. You know, FinTech is something that I love talking about. I can talk your ear off at nauseam. Uh, but aside from FinTech, there's another thing that I like to talk about as well. It's podcasting. And who better to help? Honestly, make this conversation that much more incredible than my guest today, uh, Fatima. Fatima, thank you so much for sitting down with me today. Um, all right, super excited to have you on the show.
1: Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Awesome. So, Fatima, could you just for, I mean, uh, for the audience, could you just tell us a little bit of you know who you are and essentially a little bit of what your company does?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I am the co-founder and CEO of Quell, which is the world's first marketplace for podcasters. Um, So if you're an indie podcaster or a company looking to start a show or even outsource elements of your existing show, we are your one-stop shop. We work with brands and corporations to create their branded podcasts. So we do have a full service agency team. And for people who don't necessarily have those big brand budgets, we also have a marketplace where you can go on and hire freelancers curated by us who are all podcasting experts for, you know, a range of different services that you might need. Uh, We also own the Listen In Conference, which is the world's first enterprise podcasting event that's held in LA. Uh, Of course, everything's been put on hold because of COVID this year, but we are looking forward to moving ahead as soon as there's a vaccine that's readily available. Your guess is as good as mine. But yeah, I would say that we are a full-service podcasting company, one-stop shop for anyone who wants to start a show or grow their audience
0: awesome so uh Fatima how did you I guess get started I mean like podcasting is uh now honestly it's all the all the rage uh all the craze pretty much because everybody's doing it everybody and their mother's doing it um my dad jokingly uh (laughs) was telling me he wanted to do like a Bengali poetry one which I was like
1: Mm -hmm. okay
0: I mean my Bengali's not as strong as yours but I I guess I can edit that
1: there's definitely a market for it so props to him
0: Oh, hundred percent. I'm, I'm well aware there's uncles are calling me uh, like I'm getting, I'm getting Facebook, Facebook messages now about it. So your dad um, sounds
1: really cool. He sounds like one of those hip uncles that I uh, wish my dad was friends with.
0: Um, Hey, if it helps, he became a hip uncle. Cause only I, I mean, as his son, I just keep calling out on <laughs> like the, just like the boomer stuff that he does. And I was like, Hey dad, you can't be on Facebook just talking about conspiracies with uncles, like you gotta like write something, but well, let's do something, let's get creative. So how did, how did you get started um, in this whole space?
1: Well, you know, I ran an agency for quite a few years and one of the biggest requests that we started getting towards the end uh, before the agency got sold was, you know, corporations and enterprise companies that we worked with like the big banks, big tech companies wanting to move aggressively into the podcasting space. Mm -hmm. And I just really found it fascinating as a medium because unlike other forms of marketing, like performance marketing, it's all about mass downloads and mass targeting, but Mm -hmm. podcasting, the more nation engaged your audiences, the more impactful. Um, So I just started as a consumer, I listened to 10 podcasts a, a week. And so I started really following the industry you know, following a lot of studies that were being put out in the industry and one that in particular really stood out for me. And I think was the turning point when I decided that I wanted to get involved in this space was uh, a mid-roll, like they did a massive, um, I would say, interview process with hundreds of thousands of podcast consumers like myself. And they found that all of these people that they interviewed, 61% of these people said that they purchased a product or a service after listening to a podcast, yep. uh, which is pretty incredible when you think about traditional advertising that only converts at one to 2%. So I said, okay, it's really interesting that we're spending hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars in performance, performance marketing tactics that you know is about mass targeting that converts at one to 2%. What if you spent a fraction of that budget Budget. for a smaller audience that's more niche and more engaged where the conversion rates can be up to 61%. Yeah. Um, and so just like really from that train of thought, I you know, I just started seeing an exponential growth trend. So I decided to productize our services and that's how I launched Quill. Uh-huh. Uh, we started off as the marketplace because I wanted to make it accessible to anyone and everyone who wanted to start a podcast. It's a low barrier to entry. So who cares what your budget is? You should be able to put out really good content. Yep. Um, and then, you know, all of those clients that we worked with came back to us and said, it's great that you have a marketplace. It's great for the indie podcasters, but we're a big brand yep. uh, and we need a full service team around mm-hmm. us and so launched another agency that like lives alongside our marketplace where we work with corporations like CIBC, RBC, Bay Street, Bull, Microsoft uh, to create their podcasts and market them.
0: Yeah, that's, yeah, that, that, that's very incredible. Um... Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense that, you know, you create a, yeah, companies definitely want a full service team. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. you, like I mean, like, you know, I'm a one man army when it when it comes to this show. So I'm like, I don't need a full team. That's more yeah. people than What me. you
1: would need is our marketplace. Say you wanted a logo or you wanted someone to edit your podcast files or, exactly. you know, convert the video into audio or distribute your show. Like you probably have, um, you know, one ad hoc services that you might need. And so if you only want to spend like a couple hundred dollars to get something you know, I've been and, and taken on you, you yeah. would go to our marketplace and hire a freelancer.
0: hundred percent. Yeah, I totally would do that. So, um, I mean, now that you talk about like listening to 10 podcasts a day, what, I mean, has, has that list changed now that you've, uh, transitioned from being like just a corporate girl to being like a female founder? Like has, like, has that list changed? Like how's, yeah. Like how's that list changed? And like, how's that mindset kind of changed?
1: Yeah. And when you just to clarify, when you mean how is the list changed? Do you mean in terms of priorities or in terms of
0: Yes, uh in priorities and I guess like what you're absorbing now, right? Cause like uh stuff like you know, coming from an agency, like list like the stuff you listen to, mm-hmm. like stuff that you absorb as someone that works in an agency compared to the stuff that you'd absorb as a founder, mm-hmm. the list like there's some differentials, right? There's some differentials in that list. How's yeah, that absolutely. list kind of changed, I guess?
1: I would say it's interesting because, like, as a CEO, you know, my entire career I've been a salesperson, so yeah. very much focused on contributing to a company's bottom line, and revenue has been like a very core focus. Mm-hmm. As a CEO, you have to wear just so many different hats. And, like, the biggest hat I would say that I have to wear is managing a large team.
0: Yeah.
1: And I, you know, that is definitely, I would say, An experience for any early stage founder, because you go from becoming an individual contributor to having to manage the day to day productivity, motivation and retention of your team. And so there is a huge mindset shift in terms of your priorities day to day and what what matters to the long term success of your business. But Mm. I would say it's funny, I used to spend my days listening to podcasts like Serial, and, you know, all the the the, the, the junky sort of
0: oh yeah, yeah okay
1: awesome podcasts <laughs> that have you on the edge of your seat, but yeah, yeah. today I think my list of of shows that I listen to are very much either in the mindfulness space to make Mm -hmm. me a better CEO or things that make me a better leader. So Radical Candor is a show that I love, um, all about supporting CEOs, uh, navigate through difficult challenges and becoming a better leader and effective communicator. Another show that I absolutely love as a founder is How I Built This. Um, Great show. It's so good, right? It's just so good. The reason I love the show so much is because they literally, anytime I have a bad day, I put on an episode. The one common thread between all of the success stories is that they had to go through all of the really difficult days. There was multiple umpteenth failures before they iterated their business to a point where it was successful. And it kind of reminds you that even though being a CEO or a founder can be a very isolating experience, there's yeah. millions of people who are going through this entire process with you. And I think it's just kind of a comforting motivational podcast for me. And then there's just so many that I tune into week after week, but I would say those two are like my consistent, constantly coming back to to anytime I'm having a bad day. Yeah. Mm.
0: Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah. You you brought up a good point of like, um, I guess like the best analogy I could come up with is like being a salesperson. You're so, you're so used to being the quarterback of the team. You're like, mm-hmm. "Hey, I'm the one. I'm scoring the points. I'm throwing numbers on the board." And then being a founder, you're now a coach. <laughs> you can't, you can't run out as much as you love to. Just like run out on field and it's like. I up. love
1: that. I love you that analogy.
0: Move. Okay, perfect. I'm That's a I'm very
1: glad. good analogy. That's exactly what it is. You literally go from like you know hustle, hustle, hustle to oh my god, now I have to worry about the day to day politics. Now I have to yeah. worry about people being happy, and got, it's definitely a very um, yeah it's a humbling experience. I wouldn't trade the experience for anything in the world. And I think you have to sort of master the art, but Hey, you sign up for it when you decide to start a company.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And it just on it. And podcasting is just one of the many mediums where uh, founders, and I guess everybody can like realize that like, Hey, you know, like you're not in this boat alone. There's like hundreds, if not thousands of people having just as shitty day as you are it's totally fine. Everybody has it. Now here's like little tips and tricks to make your day that much more. better, And I think that's pretty incredible.
1: I used to be so naive before I launched Quill and in a former life when people used to ask me why I wanted to start a company, I used to naively tell them it was because I wanted to be my own boss and not be accountable to other people. And now (laughs) I realize how far from the truth that statement could possibly be. I almost feel so foolish looking back, realizing that you're so much more accountable now to your clients, your customers, your investors, your employees, your team, yourself. Uh, The amount of pressure and I would say accountability is tenfold. And so if you're starting a company because you want to be your own boss, that is not a good motivation or impetus because it will not last in scale.
0: Yeah, no, that's true. And like the crazy part is the realization of the accountability you have to have for yourself skyrockets. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Hey, if I don't figure this out, there's nobody else. I can't go to a boss. I can't, there's no, there's no hierarchy. I'm the top of the pyramid. I, where That's am I going to go? Exactly, Ask yeah. the sky. Like, what am I going to do? You can't do that. So, um, I guess we're so switching gears. Do you think, how do you think podcasting has now become important when it comes to running a business? Right? Like, do you mm-hmm. like, do do you, like, you know, podcasts are popping out left and right. You're seeing it. You like, we're, we're still in very much in the early stages of podcasting. <laughs> Do you see it, um, later becoming more of like an integral part of businesses later on?
1: I wouldn't say later. I would say it's becoming a very integral part of businesses today. Mm-hmm. Um, I think podcasting or rather the pandemic has sort of shown us that, um, marketing teams have to sort of reimagine what their businesses are going to look like in the in the short term and how are they going to continue communicating with their customers and their employees in a time where, you know, the face-to-face touch points are just no longer possible. And I think we, you know, if you look day to day, we use so many brands, you know, Slack, Amazon, Google, Facebook, McDonald's, but do we really have an emotional connection or relationship to them? No, absolutely not. Podcasting can really change that. Um, An example that I like to give people is Ben and Jerry's. Um, I love ice cream and I've never been, particularly loyal to any ice cream brand. Like I'll literally whatever's on sale, I'll grab it. Uh, Whatever tastes good, I'll have it. but after I listened to the Ben and Jerry's podcast episode on how I built this and then further saw their statement that they put out for the Black Lives Matter movement, yeah, I developed such an emotional connection and bond with the founders and their story and the inspiration behind Ben and Jerry's and what it took to get there that now I exclusively only buy Ben and Jerry's when I'm at the grocery store. And so I didn't, you know, it's just the perfect example of you know, they become influencers. You end up trusting their product recommendations. You end up understanding their brand story. They become human. It's not just a brand far away in the distance that you have no connection to. And that is the perfect example of a story. Lush is another example. Now I like buy so many Lush products after (laughs) hearing their their story on um, a podcast. And so I would say in the 1980s, every company had a phone number for their business. In the 1990s, it was a website. In the early 2000s, it was social media. And I think in the next five to 10 years, everyone, every company will either have a podcast or be advertising on one. So we're still early in the hype cycle, but you know, in 2007, if you were one of the first people on Twitter, you're by default an influencer today. And similarly, if you're podcasting today, you will be an influencer in the next five to 10 years
0: yeah I, I i totally agree with you um podcasting like you have the ability to build such like a such an intimate like such a, like in not yeah intimate relationship it is
1: intimate yeah, yeah it's intimate. very much so
0: because you get to because like you on like people have been like i mean there's been so many situations where like man i wish i was a fly on the wall in that conversation now you can there's there, like you can literally sit like i woke up like I, f- I forgot to turn my phone off and i was listening to like i was listening to a podcast and i woke up and i was like four in i was like okay crap I gotta I gotta I gotta go back so it's like oh why like I'm I'm like re-listening to old episodes and I was like oh yeah I forgot about that or like this or that it's yeah you're right like brands have now they have the ability to build a very intimate relationship with their customers aside from hi, I'm Ben and Jerry's, here's my ice cream. It's like, no, like, this is the cool things that we're doing when it comes to Black Lives Matter. It's the amazing things that we're doing when it comes to, like, all these different things. Here's our
1: purpose. Here's our mission. Here are our values. Here's how we treat our employees. Here's, you know, what we're doing for our philanthropic efforts. And yeah, yeah. just it's like they become, they go from becoming this, like, powerhouse brand to um, just becoming... You know it's just a human interaction or a human connection and the cool thing with podcasting is unlike events and physical touch points that typically you know offline tactics have the power of forming stronger relationships with podcasting even though it's an online tactic you reach a global audience and so you're not sort of confined by geographic boundaries and yeah, I just, I think if you're a brand that is targeting to affluent, educated millennial professionals, which is typically the audience that tunes into podcasts, mm-hmm. that's 80% of the workforce that has purchasing power, then it's a no brainer that you should be starting a podcast.
0: Yeah. I mean, you, you brought up a good point of like, you have the ability, like, yeah, you, you have, you have two abilities. are like one, you know, like you're in between someone's ears, like you're in their head for mm-hmm. a huge chunk of the time. So you have ability to like, not only get buy-in for your brand, but you have buy-in for you as an individual, you as a CEO, mm-hmm. you as a founder, right? And it's kind of amazing that you can take like the culture stuff that you spend so much time building within your company. You can share that with everybody and get more brand, brand buy-in. That's, been, that's, that's always been like the biggest, I guess, issues with, with founders. Like, how do I share my culture? How do I share my message? How do I share my vision with everybody? Not only investors, but the people. Well, now you can with a podcast, you can sit down and go like, Hi, I'm e. Steve, host of FinTech Fridays. This is what it's like. I'm a 25 year old kid that doesn't know anything about fintech or anything. I sit down with people that do. That's my show. That's it. So like, it's 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 a really cr- crazily incredible journey. <laughs> it is.
1: Yeah. It is. And you know what? Like, not forget brands for a second. I mean, even just like the barriers of entry or starting, of starting a show is so low. You literally need to have a mic and, a, and an internet connection. That's, that's essentially it. it. And you really so if,
0: you can just use your phone. Like there's app. You yeah. Can do-
1: I mean, that's, that's, yeah. that I, I cringe when people use their phones, but yes, you could technically use your phone. Yeah. All you need to do is have a story and content to share. And that, that there's something really cool about that.
0: hundred percent. So how do you think um, the space has changed due to COVID? Like, you know, like, I mm-hmm. guess like podcasting space and I guess it's like business uh, as a whole.
1: So I would say that, you know, before the pandemic, when we had just launched in the new year, a lot of people were saying that it was a huge risk because podcasting could still be a fad. I mean, I know it's been around since well before Serial launched in 2014, but I would say people were still very skeptical of its tactics. Um, I think because of the fact that the po- the pandemic has isolated people. People have been looking for new ways to consume content and people have been looking for new ways to stay connected. Um, and we've seen like an exponential growth curve in the industry, not just with our own sales and revenue but also just um, the amount of podcasts that have been created. I mean, I think before the pandemic we were at something like 800,000 podcasts and now we're at 1.5 plus million podcasts. So even have in this yep. short period of time the amount of new shows, I think the stat is something crazy, like 5,000 new podcasts are launching every week. And so I think the, the pandemic has really shown us that um, we've been so reliant on physical touch points and human interactions, which is not necessarily a bad thing. But as soon as that would sort of put into question, people are thinking of new ways that they can allocate their marketing dollars that they may have budgeted for conferences and events and video shoots and you know client lunches and you know team meetings and and now it's like okay well how do we still continue to stay engaged with our audiences our listeners our followers our customers or our families and people that we are typically like just looking to shoot the shit with it doesn't have to be some like work agenda it can literally just be a way to I have actually some friends who um have started a podcast just for their internal group of friends to talk about fantasy football all week. And, you know, props, like what a great way to like create content and have fun while doing so. Uh, You don't have to have some larger agenda for it. It could literally just be to have fun. So I think, people are gonna continue using it as a tool to stay connected with people. Um, And you know, it's like very similar to using your phone, Zoom calls, Instagram. It's just another medium of, of, of a way that you will communicate. And I will say that everybody consumes content in different ways. For some people it's visual, for some people it's audio, for some people it's written. And until this point, there has been no form of audio content that really can resonate. I mean, radio is real time, so it doesn't really count. But for someone like me, I consume content the best way for me to learn is through audio while i'm actively engaged in another activity and until podcasting became mainstream there was like audio books but that's pretty much it like where else can you tune in to hear really good content on the fly so
0: yeah no i agree with you i will like if i'm not listening to music like i've in past episodes i'd be listening to a podcast to prepare for my podcast which (laughs) yeah very strange but like it, it works like you're right i mean wow that's uh now that i think about it i think i helped launch like two podcasts this week because like i have so many friends that are that are that want to there you go their own th- you know like they want to talk about their own little like x y and z like you know like what's it like to be like a founder or, like in the mental health space i was like perfect i can help you on no problem. so um i guess would be you know now that now that like podcasting not everyone's launching a podcast right now that my dad might launch one probably after the end of this, I probably have to have done this, <laughs> um, what would be some, I guess, like tips and tricks that you can share uh, dealing with so many brands, you know, like going all the way from like corporate level to just an indie one?
1: Well, I think really defining the goal of why you're launching your podcast is really the first step. You know, is it, you know, your dad just doing it to stay connected to his friends and have... Like, a touch point with them, then great. Are you looking to go into it full time? So I think once you figure out the why, the how becomes a lot more clear. Um, for example, if, you're, if your why is to bring in sponsors and monetize on your show, then I would say you're production quality and budget should look very differently than someone like your dad who's doing it just to, you know, have some fun. You know, yeah. if you want to you know, record off of your phone, if your goal is just to have fun then that's totally a okay. But if you are, you know, you want to use zoom, that's totally okay. But if you're looking to bring in a sponsor and monetize on your show, then you really want to start thinking about like your brand elevation and your positioning. You want to make sure that your audio quality is spot on. You want to make sure that you have uh, invested in your cover art, that you are thinking about ways to market your show. Show um, that you have a really great mic and, like, you know, using a recording software that typically doesn't distort um, the audio waves. So I would say typically like figuring out the why is the first thing. And then the second thing is figuring out your ideal listener profile. You can't be everything to everyone. Um, So your dad's case, it would be like Bengali uncles who really enjoy poetry Uh, or it doesn't have to be Bengali. My dad is um, Pakistani and also loves poetry. So um, he would be like the perfect target audience for your dad's podcast.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Well, we'll connect our dads for sure. Those like definitely like to jam out some poetry sessions, but (laughs) Um, Yeah, like figuring out your ideal listener profile, I think is so key. Um, And this is an exercise we do with all of our clients. Like, who are we looking to target with this content and with our marketing efforts? And then once you know who that is, everything should be revolved and tailored around that ideal listener profile. Um, And then just, yeah, from there, it's just about really going through the steps, which is the easy part, to be honest. Like, you know, everyone can purchase equipment, create episode plans, source guests, uh, hire people to help you with all of those things off of marketplaces like Quill or fiverr um but yeah i would say just like figuring out the why should always be your first step and then everything else will sort of fall into place
0: yeah no i agree with you um the biggest yeah that, that i mean that's, that's one of the biggest like obstacle or hurdle of like figuring out your why right like granted like in podcasts, in life in a business what may have you like just figuring out why are we doing this? <laughs> Who are we doing this for is the biggest thing. <laughs> and you, you brought up a good point. Podcast like profile, I don't think that's going to be a term that I think we're going to start using dramatically um, in, the, in, the, in the in the coming future of podcasting. Because I don't think when people are launching a podcast, I mean, I don't think they're really keeping the end listener in mind. You know, like it's very similar to marketing, very similar to sales of like, you know, what's your customer persona? What's your customer profile? What do they look like? What do they sound like? What do they do? How do they shop? How do they buy? Very similar when it comes to podcasts, right? A lot of people, I think they make the mistake, of, which I've done personally, of like, they'll look at like really big podcasts like Joe Rogan or like Tim Ferriss or what may have you. And they have much, since they're such a, since the brand name is so big, their audience is a lot wider, right? You have people like on Rogan, you have people that are fighters to hunters to neuroscientists, to philosophers, to everybody. But if you like an Indian podcast, your stuff's really not for everybody. I don't think that, and I don't think a lot of people consider that at all.
1: Yeah, I, w- I would definitely agree with that. Um, and you're right, like Joe Rogan's target audience for his podcast are essentially white males. You know, like he's very clear on who his target audience is, and 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 that's great. Like that's great that he has a very specific niche. I am definitely not listening to Joe Rogan, Fair, um, okay. but I love podcasts like. Um, yeah, look, I love podcasts with a lot of diversity um, that include diverse programming, for example. And so I would say that those are more of the shows that I typically gravitate towards. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I would say again, being hyper clear about who it is that you're trying to target. And yeah, if you are looking to promote your products or services doing it in a way that's extremely tasteful and, you know, doesn't come across as salesy and promotional because that's not what podcasting is for.
0: Yeah, no, not at all. You definitely, <laughs> you definitely don't want your your podcast to be a sales pitch, uh, because nobody likes hearing sales pitches. I'm a salesperson. I hate hearing sales pitches. Like leave me alone. Um, so you know, yeah. Yeah, like the this, best
1: way to be a salesperson is to not be a salesperson. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's everyone makes that mistake. I mean, they'll learn. It's everyone learns. Yeah.
1: It's, it's a matter yeah, of time. Same.
0: So, I mean, you, so you brought up a good point of like, you know, you like to listen to episodes uh, or so you like to listen to shows that have um, more of a diversity. I mean, um, you know, me and you are very diverse. What, (laughs) I mean, like, what advice would you give to um, like female founders, I guess more specifically like, like diverse female founders. Like, is there anything that you've, I guess, either listened to from a podcast that you kind of carry over into your business? Is there something that you read in a book? Like what advice would you give to younger up-and-coming female founders?
1: So I would say in typical, and typically when I look at my network, it's always the women in my network that are afraid of being too aggressive, too promotional, too opinionated. Um, it's funny, I was on, a, I was on a, a work call this morning with a group of, you know, women in the tech community that I'm friends with. We have this like monthly standing meeting. And one of the women were talking about how she constantly Suffers from imposter syndrome, where she feels like when she's in a room pitching to investors, she feels like she knows her product is good enough, but doesn't know how to articulate it and sell it and come across as super confident and aggressive and bold. And I would say that 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 is something I find a lot of women struggle with. And so, you know, the system itself is flawed. Absolutely, I recognize that, um, especially for underrepresented um, founders. But we can counteract a lot of that by advocating for ourselves. Um, you know, at the end of the day, we are CEOs of our own brand. And so my advice is always take credit for your ideas. Don't ask, don't get, put up your hand, advocate for yourself, work on your personal brand, because if you don't, nobody else is. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's normal for everyone to suffer from imposter syndrome. But uh, I try to remind myself whenever I'm sort of hearing those self-critical, self-doubting moments that nobody else has more or less of a right to be doing exactly what I'm doing. Um, The difference is just going for it. So um, that is actually probably my biggest piece of advice because as a female founder and particularly one, of color, Um, I I would say that I have to be so over prepared every time I'm in a meeting because there is no element of error and judgment. Like I cannot, there is no second in chance typically i i would say with us and you know we're already walking into the room with a disadvantage we're already walking into the room where we don't look like the people who are giving us money or making the decisions and so if there is going to be a clog in the pipeline and you're going to be so over prepared then you there's no room for imposter syndrome because you have done your preparation and with preparation comes confidence so that would probably be my biggest learning lesson in the last um few years that i yeah. would sort of pass on to other founders yeah
0: I mean, you you bring on a good point of imposter syndrome like a lot of I mean, yeah, a lot of women deal with it right because like it's i mean i was as you're talking like I, I got reminded of like my new my negotiation skills course that i took like a couple of years ago and like one of the things my professor brought up is like women are not as aggressive as they should be it's like if you want to raise ask for a raise reason why guys get raises because they ask for a raise ask for a raise
1: <laughs> Professor has not met me.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Clearly. Yeah, I would say
1: yeah. I would say not all, but like definitely, it's definitely something that I think a lot of women are now working on and being conscious of. Yeah. We have a long way to go, um, but I think like for me, particularly, I want to try to keep profiling female founders in my community and championing them so that we have more examples to look to.
0: Yeah, I mean that's uh, <laughs> that's a that's a huge part part of the show of like having. Like female founders, um, you know, not specifically in the, in the in the in the financial tech space, but I guess now in the podcasting space as well, of mm. you know, having having amazing people like you on the show just gives a chance for like everyone else to kind of go like, oh crap, she's doing it. And like she's of color. Okay, like she's just as aggressive as me. She's very similar to my personal type as well. Why am I not doing it? Why am I thinking I can't do it? So uh yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's incredible that what you're doing is it's great that you know you're taking the traditional rhetoric of what it means to be I guess a woman of color in business and like flipping it on its head and just running with it
1: thank you yes
0: um okay so uh before we wrap up uh, is there any last minute tidbits that you want to I guess leave the audience um before before we wrap this guy up
1: I from start a podcast. Um, Yeah, I would just say that, you know, I I know that this is an extremely difficult.
0: Whatever, however you want to. Yeah, I
1: would say that, like, I know that, yeah, I would say that I know that, like, this is a really difficult time for people as they're navigating the pandemic and reimagining in the short term what their lives are going to look like and so um you know just try to stay as connected as possible as you can with people and maybe podcasting is that medium maybe not but offline tactics do have the power of forming stronger relationships and I've built my entire network one handshake at a time so
0: one handshake at a time that's going to be the that's me. That's to be today's episode. That's, that's going to the episode for this. <laughs> I'm calling it one time. Perfect. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So uh, Fatima, um, what would be the best way for audience members to either reach out to you personally, for business to reach out to you? What would be the best form uh, for people to get involved? Google
1: me. I'm pretty accessible. My um, handle is F A T I M um, A across the board. Um, like Our website is Quillet.io. I'm like very accessible if you want to find me it's like not hard to so feel free to reach out directly on any platform
0: i love it i love it uh fatima thank you so much for coming on the show today and uh, i'm excited to have you back on
1: thank you so much thank you for having me really appreciate it happy podcasting
0: you've been listening to fintech fridays brought to you by ncfa and partners tune in weekly for the latest fintech friday podcast by subscribing to this channel the National Crowdfunding and Fintech Association of Canada is a nonprofit actively engaged with social and investment fintech sectors around the globe and provides education, research, industry stewardship, services, and networking opportunities to thousands of members and subscribers. For more information, please visit ncfacanada.org.